Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, today I want to talk to you guys about uh, this Hollywood writer strike. Uh, apparently, Hollywood has shut down. I mean, it's pretty much shut down, uh, mainly because the writers and the actors are all on strike. And uh, this is interesting to me because uh, labor disputes uh, are, are an interesting economic dynamic. Um, I actually will say that uh, just before I begin, just to kind of let you guys know, I tend to support the unions a little bit more than the um, than the corporations, because I believe that the workers in America have kind of gotten a raw deal. I don't feel that they get uh, the same opportunities that, you know, some of these CEOs get. Some of these CEOs are making unreasonable amounts of money. And um, and also, even as a person who's owned stock in some of these companies and I've benefited financially um, you know, it's 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 still one of those things where you got to be fair. Now, someone asked, uh, Sade is asking, are you back on Twitter? Um, I never left Twitter. I am on Twitter. Uh, now, Instagram, my main Instagram page, that's still gone. But I, you know, I would y'all know me. I, I, I'm a thinker. So I'm strategic. So I keep a backup. If you want to follow me on Instagram, just go to the Black Financial Channel. Uh, it's called the Dr. Boyce Watkins Black Financial Channel. So I decided that uh, rather than looking at losing the Instagram page as a setback, I see it as an opportunity to come back better. So the Black Financial Channel, I'm going to focus a lot more mainly on financial topics. Um, I'm going to do a lot of things that uh, tell you about certain uh, investments that are happening and opportunities in the market. So uh, if you'd like to follow me at the Black Financial Channel, feel free to look for that. Also, a great way for us to remain connected in a way that is not connected to any of these social media platforms is to text the word stock to 31996. If you text the word stock to 31996, then I will send you uh, our, a copy of my $5 a day investing plan uh, that can take any family from poverty to wealth in one generation. I have a PhD, so I'm qualified to create this. And uh, also, I will send you a training on how to make money without working, among other things. Now, give me a yes. Give me a yes if you can hear me. Also, shout out the city you're from. Let me know which city you're from. And I'm going to read some of your comments as we get started. Uh, Tonia Patillo. I have seen your name, Ms. Patillo. Oh, uh, Tonia, you, your husband. You and your husband come to class. Uh, thank you for your commitment to be one. We love you, the Patillo family. Well, I love the Patillo family. Let me tell you, the Patillo family is, um, y'all, I, I mentioned that you, you guys are a dream come true because this is what I, I believe is going to happen. I believe that we are going to rise. We're going to rise as families. Uh, we're going to rise in a way where the black man and the black woman are rising hand in hand. Give me a yes if you if you see this and you agree with this. We're going to be rising through our children by raising the, some of the most uh, powerful, capable, and, and and extraordinary children imaginable. Uh, we're going to rise as a community by committing to teamwork. We're going to rise by reclaiming our educational value system. We're going to rise by reclaiming our politics. We're going to rise by reclaiming our economics so, so that a lot of your kids will never have to work. Uh, it's very easy. If you plan for your child from birth, I don't care how poor you are, you you hanging with Dr. Boyce. I, I got you covered. You you hang out with me. I can make sure that your kids never have to work for anybody their whole entire life. I, I don't care how much money you make right now. If you just do some of the basic things that we talk about here, your kids will never, ever have to work for anybody. So uh, and, and I do. I, I don't even I'm not even uh, racially uh, biased in terms of sharing the information. I talked to a white kid the other day and he was a nice kid and he wasn't into some white supremacy stuff. He asked an honest question of me as a finance professor. And I told him, I said, here's what you do for your unborn kids. Start investing for them now and your kids will never have to work for anybody. Just be consistent. 
30, about $35 a week in the stock market in the S&P 500. I even told them what to buy. Um, I told them things like uh, SPY, Victor, Oscar, Oscar, VOO, things like that. Just do that consistently and don't sell those assets. If you do that, then your kids will never have to work for anybody. They'll love their dad forever. So anyway, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, and uh, I'm supposed to have a guest pretty soon. Tierra KJ Williams, a.k.a. Miss Black Hollywood, is supposed to join me. Hopefully, Tierra will get her butt up in here. Uh, so we can go ahead and get it cracking. Um, and uh, I'm even going to check my email to make sure she got the link and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I'm going to take, so literally I, I might be typing like, did you get the link? All right. So anyway, how many of you heard about this actor's strike? Did, did anybody see this in Hollywood where there's a strike where the writers and the actors are all pretty much walking off the job right now? Um, uh, it's, it's really interesting. It's intriguing to watch. There are a lot of economic lessons to be learned from watching this. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm all for the, 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 uh, the guilds and, and the unions and everything. I believe in unions. I, I think America needs more unions because, uh, unfortunately the corporations have been absolutely, uh, killing, uh, poor people. They've been killing working class people. Uh, the, the average wage of the American worker in real terms, when you discount for inflation has actually been going down, it hasn't been going up. And, uh, and at the same time, CEO pay has just gone crazy. CEO pay, I could probably show you guys a chart of this. I'm gonna try to find one real quick. CEO pay has every year just literally skyrocketed. In fact, I'm looking at an article here from the Economic Policy Institute. Listen to this. This is for Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney and people like that. Bob Iger came out and said, you know, that that something about the, the writers were being unreasonable in their demands. Well, let me tell you a little bit about CEO pay. So I'm reading this article. And it says, now somebody said, you got the 4K cam out tonight, Lance. You like you like the camera, Lance? Am I shining, Lance? Do I look good? What you think, Lance? Am I am I, am I looking all right? Am I, it, it, it's, it's better than old dusty stuff I normally have, right? So I told y'all I was trying to step up my game, right? What do y'all think? Give me a yes if you think it, if you notice a difference here. Anyway, I'm, I'm playing. I'm being silly. All right. So, um, so here Bob Iger was talking about workers or, or the writers and the actors guilds being unreasonable in their demands, which is certainly possible. But th this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of bluster, a lot of talk. Well, let me tell you, uh, according to the Economic Policy Institute, CEO pay has skyrocketed 1,460 percent since 1978. One did y'all hear me? 1,468, 60 percent since 1978. That's insane. That is insane. CEOs were paid almost 400 times more than a typical worker uh in, in in 2021 this is this is ridiculous now erlin says flush the toilet what do you mean flush the toilet it's the toilet does it y'all 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 hear a toilet let me know if y'all hear a toilet i hope i hope i don't hope i'm not sending a toilet sound out here uh anyway uh so so according to this um report it says corporate boards running america's largest public firms are giving top executives outsized compensation packages that have grown much faster than, than the stock market and the pay of typical workers college graduates and even the top 0.1 in 2021 we project that a ceo at one of the top 350 firms in the u.s was paid 27.8 million dollars on average um, this uh, this 11.1% increase from 2020 occurred because of a rapid growth in vested stock, stock awards using a different granted measure of CEO pay, which counts the value of stock awards and options when announced. Uh, average top CEO compensation was 15.6 million in 2021 or up 9.8% from 2020. So basically, uh, basically Hollywood is, uh, is, is part of a broader American cultural, cultural phenomenon 
where you know rich people are just hoarding up all the wealth and and luckily you know for us I, I'm an expert on rich people. Like, like when you study finance, all you do is you study money. You understand where the money's at, who has the money, how they got the money, where the money's flowing, and uh, and so understanding these insights is it help will hopefully help you understand why I am so adamant about making sure that Black people that want to have upward mobility become investors. Uh, the people that are making all this money, they're making this money because they're investing in the stock market. They're making this money because they're starting businesses. They're making this money because they're invested in real estate. And that is, you know, those are just a few ways that people end up making money without working. So ultimately, uh, this is not going to stop. Um, I don't think it's good for America. I think that we should respect our unions a lot more than we do. And so generally speaking, I support the unions, right? Now, here's what um, I wonder about. Here's what I think is going on, to be honest with you. Give me a yes if you have seen how much artificial intelligence has impacted damn near everything that's happening in our society. Give me a yes if you have seen uh, the impact that AI and chat GPT and all these other technologies have had, you know, on the ability to, to do damn near anything. Um, it's been massive. It's been absolutely massive. And, you know, if I'm a, a writer in Hollywood, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, if uh, if they get this AI up in here and then they get the AI that not only can, you know, write a script an AI, literally, if you go to the go to chat GPT and you say, write me a script about a boy from the hood who meets his mentor at church and then in the second scene uh, gets a girl pregnant and then decides to drop out of college so he can pursue his dream of being in the NFL. Chat GPT is on it. ChatGPT can write that script for you and do it in a matter of seconds. And they don't just do it very quickly, but they do it pretty well because everything's formulaic these days. Everything's a formula. The, the human brain can be hacked. That's why Elon Musk is designing brain chips and all this other stuff, because human beings can be hacked. And, uh, and, and, and not only is the AI writing the scripts, but they can do the art, beautiful artwork. The same animation or the same animation that Walt Disney used to pay, you know, animators tons of money to do. Uh, ChatGPT can do it in its sleep and it can do just as good of a job. If you say, paint me a picture of my grandma and make it look like a Rembrandt, ChatGPT can do a pretty damn good job. If you say, give me a, a photo that is um, that looks like it's it's an award winning, um, you know, an award winning photo of, of World War Two, it can do that. And the reason I know it can do that with certainty is because someone did that. They created an AI photo. They entered it into an international uh, photography contest and the AI photo won. The AI, they, he didn't tell anybody that it was AI. The AI photo ended up winning. So this was an example of how AI is just everywhere, right? And here's the thing that you got to really think about. And because th I think this is the number one variable for the writers. I think, I think this is where the writers get quote unquote unreasonable, right? I'm not going to say that they're being unreasonable. I'm saying that I'm using air quotes, right? Um, I think where they're getting unreasonable is because they're probably telling the studios to do things like, like literally ban AI from anything that they do, you know, or, or if you take my image or my voice and you, you cannot have any digital rights to use my image or my voice uh, in perpetuity. Right. So the studios are trying to get over the studios are probably saying things like uh, we can take your picture or get your video 
and use your likeness and your name and your voice and your image forever and never pay you another nickel. That's a big mistake. Um, I think that um, an episode of Black Mirror really highlighted that. If you watch Black Mirror, it's a great show. They had this uh, show, this one episode called Joan is Awful. And in that episode, they literally illustrated what would happen in the world if you had a scenario where suddenly AI was, um, hold on, Tiara says she didn't get the link. I'm, 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 I'm going to send it to her one sec. Do me a favor while I do this, while I invite my homegirl in here. Uh, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, you're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, and I really want to invite my friend in here. So uh, if you will allow me the 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 chance to send her this link, because I because I need her to come up in here, because Tiara is an OG in the acting space, but she's a young OG, so she's not an old G. She's just a um, she's a, just a black woman who has some experience. Uh, so she's seasoned in that way, but seasoned in a good way. Right. And uh, and she's right in the middle of the Hollywood mix. And so she's going to come in in a second. And also, uh, I'd like to ask you all if you could support a black owned business for me. Uh, we have uh, Aisha Verzi is a financial planner who is a supporter of this podcast. And uh, she can help you with all your financial planning needs and stuff like that. She'll give you that one-on-one -on -one attention that you're looking for. Uh, so if you're looking for things like life insurance and things like that, Aisha's your girl. So uh, so hit her up. Uh, her number, let me give you her phone number. Her number's on the screen. is 626-340-5746. 626-340-5746. Tell her that Dr. Boy sent you. And also, uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify if you um, can, she help with the trust? I believe that she can. Uh, Detroit softball. And here's the cool part about Aisha is she'll give you a free consultation. So you can just call her. Her number. She gave her number, and I said, "When you you do know what's going to happen when all these people get your number," uh, and she's okay with that. So uh, shout out to Aisha and all the other people that are willing to help our people with their finances. And uh, she's a friend to the Black Business School. And if you would like to uh, have a shout out your black owned business and give you the visibility that comes with the space. Uh, just go to drboysfinance.com, drboysfinance.com. All right, so let me see here. Um, so uh, let's see, I'm looking at some of your your, your comments as we move forward. Uh, someone says they want to use actors' likenesses in perpetuity. Yeah, they do, WJ. And, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I think that's that's kind of foul, right? If I'm an actor, I'd be like, oh, Hilton and all. You know, I think we need to negotiate that. Um, I don't think that, that the actors and the writers are going to get what they want. I think AI is too tantalizing for these corporations, for them to really negotiate in good faith. I would be, I would not be surprised if the, the, the big shot CEOs and the studio heads are thinking about how many billions of dollars they can save and how many headaches they can remove by replacing some of these arrogant actors and writers and directors with AI. I'm not saying that all writers and directors are like this. I'm not saying that I don't support their cause. I completely understand their plight. But uh, one thing I noted, I, I learned when I read this book, um, I tell you guys about this book all the time. It's called An Empire of Their Own, How the Jews Invented Hollywood. And, uh, and as you know, Hollywood is, you know, it's heavily Jewish and it's not anti-Semitic to say that. It's just true. And it is because they were incredibly industrious and intelligent about creating an industry that they control. I think black people should do the same thing. I think you can learn from that community. Anyway, one thing I noticed was that there was this irritation that 
uh, that that some of the executives had with actors and and directors. They they felt that they were arrogant. They would they would give they would cop an attitude. They would you know this person that you scooped up off the street and made them into a movie star. Suddenly they and they don't they're not taking your calls anymore. Or they're making these unreasonable demands, and that that can happen. I mean, I've seen that happen before. Um, and I've seen it happen even under my watch when I, you know, when we do stuff with fly new being queen, I was letting people just use the platform for free. I said, look, if you have talent, you can go on the platform for free. Well, there are a couple of people who took advantage of that. And then they went back and they were saying, Dr. Boyce never paid me no money for going on his platform. And I'm like, but I never, we never talked about money. That's a completely unmonetized platform. There's no money being made from any ads on that platform. So what money did I ever promise you? But so you're getting mad at me over money I never promised you? Oh, I get it now. You didn't have any followers before, and now you got a couple people checking for you on the internet, and then suddenly your ego gets bigger than this damn house. Suddenly you the you the SHIT, you you're the it girl, you're the one who everybody wants to see. You've got all your adoring fans, and you just kind of become the biggest asshole on the planet, which makes me not even want to work with you no more. So so if you ever hear people yapping on the internet, Dr. Boyce is mean, Dr. Boyce is mean, you're damn right I'm mean. When you start acting like a jerk, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to be around people that that treat people badly, right? So anyway, I think Tierra was up in here. She's giving me a, the black fist in the back. I'm going to try to pull Tierra in the stream without messing it up. Because a lot of times if I do that, I just end up messing everything up. Let me see if I can do this. Let me see. Okay, T, I'm, I'm going to hit this button. All right, so you might see, y'all might see three voices on the screen. Look at that. Y'all going to see three voices. Let me see if I can, if I can turn that into two. Let me see if I can do this right. All right, so let's see. Okay, I got the solo, and then I'm gonna pull Tierra up solo. Let me see if I can do it like this. Okay, that that ain't gonna work. Nope, that's too many voices. Okay, we did it before, right? I remember we did it before. So anyway, let me. You know, I think I know what I can do. I know what I can do. Hold on, hold on. I think I got this. I think I got this. Hold on, hold on. All right, so I'm gonna do this, and then there's gonna be me and Tierra kinda, and then we're gonna do that. There we go. But that don't even look right. That's like that looks you know, weird. I'm, I'm not it's sure. it's so it's so weird, right? It's so weird. Like you so let, me, from a face. let me try it like this. Let me try it like this. See that even that don't make no sense. See, I y'all gotta y'all y'all see what I'm this is why me and technology, man. To me, what's up, T? How you doing, girl? Good, how you doing? Good to see you. I'm doing good. So, Miss Black Hollywood. Uh, okay, we're sitting here and we're just all chopping it up about this uh, writer strike, uh -huh. and the Actors Guild apparently what has joined SAG has joined the writer strike, right? That's correct. Okay, and so what does that mean? What what is what is the environment right now out there in LA? Well, I'm live reporting from Hollywood, where there are no, but there <laughs> there are picket signs. There are depending on where you are. Um, you know, I know in Burbank, like near the studios, there are, you know, there are writers everywhere with picket signs on the front lines, just trying to, you know, fight for their rights, obviously. Um, I am also a writer, so I'm also technically on strike, um, yeah. but I have not been out in, in picketing. I, I have not yet because um, I've been just paying attention to the news and it's, it's actually been kind of scary. Like this whole situation is kind of scary. I mean, to say the least, like everything is shutting down. Like, you know, I, I heard some executives or I read somewhere that some of the executives were even saying that, um, and it, we're, we're not getting into this conversation yet. I, I don't know. But um, some of the executives were saying that they didn't, they were basically going to stall the writers out 
for months until they didn't have anywhere to live or, you know, uh, they were out of house and home. And then, you know, it, and then that's how they forfeit. So I don't know how long this battle is going to last. Like it's real in these streets, boys. Yeah. Um, I, I, I totally understand that because I understand business and capitalism and wealth and money. And one of the things I can say is that I think writers should be concerned that effectively what has happened is that the, the emergence of AI, in my opinion, it's almost like having a billion super smart immigrants that are willing to work for one fiftieth of the pay. Yeah. Right. And then, and then on top of that, you've got real human beings out here that will be more than happy to step across that picket line and take your job. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, the, you know, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that the people that have these roles are not uniquely talented. They're extremely good at what they do. But if you get into that business of what Hollywood seems to want to do, which is to, you know, create great content that gets eyeballs and is effectively monetized. Well, you've got people on YouTube that can bring you millions of viewers. You know, you, you get a YouTube influencer, teach him how to write, direct and act or whatever. Get a Mr. Beast and give him a movie deal. You got an instant blockbuster every time he makes a movie because Mr. Beast shows you on YouTube. He gets 100 million views a year on YouTube and making very good content. Why can't he be somebody that you bring in, you know, or Jake Paul or somebody? You know, why, why can't you bring those people in and still get it done? I mean, they can't make Disney movies and all that. And, and I know that there's it's more complex than yeah, the one. I mean, yeah, I mean, because it kind of minimizes what we've all yeah. worked so hard for. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I listen to that perspective and it's almost insulting. Not saying that I'm insulted by what mm. you just said, but I do feel like literally I took my first acting class at 13. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like I, I right. see the women online and I see them working, but it's just not, it's not the same. Um, mm. It's not the same. It's not the same. And, you know, people have literally dedicated their lives to learning these crafts and, working hard and going to school and taking it seriously it's like tossing them out for a mr beast or for you know um you know for or even being considered i was talking to a friend yesterday even being considered sometimes i look at some of the artists that are online and they're being considered as like singers and rappers and and actors and artists but they really didn't earn that they just mm. you know so you know <laughs> I just feel some type of way about it, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think it's um, and and I and I definitely don't mean to insult anybody no. with that time because I've spent time in L.A. and you know we we you and I worked on projects in L.A. and I and I remember walking back from, from as a businessman from that perspective, thinking, okay, this the, the universe is off balance here, and the reason I felt like it was off balance was because. I said, there's so many super talented, super amazing, super hardworking people yeah. who I don't even know if they understand their value. Yeah. You know, like, like I mean, I really just kind of like when I'm looking at these some of these actors and actresses I've seen, you'll have some drop dead gorgeous person who can memorize these big old scripts, yeah. you know, will go to the set and work 14 hour days, you know, and, and, and just act with perfection, you know, with this trained craft. And and I, I I always found it astonishing that they don't understand how that they possess so many transferable skills yeah. that they can utilize in a really effective way outside of the grips of Hollywood. But there's something about the allure. You and I talked about this. There's something about the allure or the dream. Like 
I, I see myself on the big screen in Hollywood. So if I succeed somewhere else, I still haven't fulfilled my dream. I might make money. I might be famous, but it ain't the same as me being in a Warner Brothers blockbuster. It's what do you think about that? It's not the same. It's a, it's not the same. I literally just posted something to that effect on Facebook. And I was just saying that basically from the teenage years, I mean, real artists, right? I grew up watching a lot of the, it's so funny, the screen voice. Just I know. I, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm messing around. The other one. The one, this one is distracting. You, you know want the other one? <laughs> okay. I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you up there by yourself. Go ahead. Okay. Well, okay. There's that. Um, I was just basically saying, like, like I said before, I took my first acting class at 13. I saw Angela Bassett and What's Love Got to Do With It when I was 13 years old. And I'll never forget, I looked at her and said, I want to do that. I'm not sure what she, you know, I couldn't articulate the feeling of what she was doing and um, how it exactly made me feel. But I knew that I wanted to do it. This is before the days of like being famous. I didn't see them as famous. I didn't see them as brands. I didn't see them building empires. I just saw talent, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's like, you know, there wasn't paparazzi and people stalking them. It wasn't what it is today, right? And so you just look and you say, hey, I wanna take my talent and I wanna work like Angela Bassett worked, right? Um, and it never leaves you. Literally, I've said that same thing since I was 13. So we've had mm. conversations, you and I, about um, about the internet. And I was like, you know, Instagram and TikTok are great. And I understand, I understand how much money people make and all of that. But something about that still doesn't give me, it feels like a watered down version of what I wanted when I was 13. Mm. And so... Yeah, you know, I, and I totally get that. By the way, um, I'm speaking with Tierra KJ Williams, aka Miss Black Hollywood, yeah. and, and you're watching DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent Black people. Uh, I'm gonna put Tierra's um, Instagram up here so everybody can follow her on the gram, and uh, so that's gonna be up there. Also, if everybody could take a minute, please hit the thumbs up button, uh, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. And uh, also, uh, do not forget that you can go to voicewalkings.com and you can learn about a lot of things we have going on in the Black Business School and some other places. So feel free to uh, connect with us that way. And also, this podcast is on Spotify. So if you look up my name on Spotify, you'll find it there. So, Tierra, one thing that was going through my head was, um, you know, uh, is, is, is what you said earlier about uh, the studios starving out the actors and just kind of saying, we're just going to wait you out. And um, and people don't know that that's a that's a negotiating tactic. Like if you if you uh, read a book on negotiation, you'll find that one of the things that they say is that the person who can be the most patient wins. Like, you know, the person who's like that's why they say if you go buy a car, you should never be in a rush to buy the car. You should say, oh, I got time. I don't need a car. I don't, I don't know. My wife don't even want the car. Like you have to do that. If the person who was willing to walk away from the negotiation is going to win, they, you know, and even in a relationship, if you're the person who's desperate. You're, you're going to always concede power to the person who's not desperate, the person who's got options, the person who can take it or leave it. If, you do, if you're like panting and chasing somebody down, then that's that's weakening your negotiating power. That's why black people don't get anything from the Democrats, because we're very desperate and we do whatever they tell, tell us to do. And we don't sort of show a, a willingness to walk away or to just say, ah, oh, you know, uh, well, we don't need to vote in this election. We can vote in 2028. We don't have to vote in 2024. Like, you know what I mean? We could approach that and that would make them more eager to do what we need them to do. So the same thing is true here. Um, I could see the studios doing to actors what the NBA owners 
did to the players uh, 25 years ago. A lot of y'all are, may not be old enough to remember this, but a lot of people don't that are old, old school, that are basketball fans will remember this. Give me a yes if you remember this. Kevin Garnett, when he was 17 years old, signed this enormous contract that was in an unheard of amount of money back then, like 20 million a year in like 1997 or 98. It was crazy because back then people were making three, four, five million a year. They literally signed him to almost 20 million a year. And everybody was so pissed. They were like, wait a minute, we can't pay our players this much money. So the owners did a lockout. Which is where, which is when the owners go on strike. People don't know that the boss can go on strike too. The boss can say, "Look, I'm shutting it down. I'm not, I'm not going to even run this business. So ain't none of y'all going to have a job until you come to me with some terms that make sense, right? Because if if, if owners just give in to to workers, they're going to lose money. They're not going to be profitable. In the business, they'll go out of business. So the owners did a lockout, and I remember watching this uh, this whole strike lockout take place. The the owners kicked the asses of the players be, for two reasons. One, David Stern, the commissioner, negotiated on behalf of the owners against the labor union. And what he basically told the owners is that every single vote, you have to be 100 percent unanimous. No matter what the vote, whatever we do, we got to be unanimous. So we have a unified front. Learn something from this black people. But then the players were not unanimous because the players all had diverse interests. You had some players like the Michael Jordans who had money to burn. They could wait as long as they needed to. Then you have some guys that were living paycheck to paycheck. They were like, man, I got to I'll take any deal. I got to I just got to get back to work. So that created one problem. The second thing that the owners did and the owners were like, we could wait all day. We don't we don't care. We can just leave. How about we just leave the league shut down for another year? I'll go on vacation. I'll be on my yacht until we decide to figure something out. So what happened eventually was that the the, the players gave away so many concessions that uh, that it literally like has had an impact for the last thirty years. Like when LeBron James came into the NBA and he was one of the best players in the league, he was making like doo doo money because it, one of the things they negotiated is like if you're in your first, second, or third year, you have to get a rookie deal. You can't get the amount of money that you're worth. If LeBron uh, had gotten what he was worth, he would have signed a hundred million dollar contract coming to the NBA, but he didn't. He got a little baby money because that was what, what they what they negotiated. So I think that the studios are going to do the same thing to the writers and to the actors that the NBA did to the players. What do you think? Uh, I agree with you, unfortunately. Like there's just so many um, moving parts in this situation, right? Because like you said, there's a lot of act. There are working writers who have been working forever and then there are um you know staff writers people like myself who are freelance who just write when you know someone um when i'm commissioned to do so uh so it's it's um you know it's there are people definitely willing to say like hey listen i can set up some meetings now nobody's working let's just work something under the table so i don't think even though i believe that we have the power because here's the thing about what you just said if the players would have decided to walk away, all of them, the NBA would have had a problem. Like if they would have decided to stand together, there would have been a problem. Um, with the actors and writers, uh, they seem pretty unified at this point. I'm not sure what that'll look like in a few months. It's already been two months. Um, <laughs> it's already. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> We got some comedians up in here. Chris I Pullen, see. Chris I, like, I, I, like, I have roaches in my apartment that write better stories. I think I have them submit stories to Hollywood. Listen, then Elizabeth said 
Uh, she said Tyler Perry is the only one who's going to be producing movies because he writes and plays all the characters. <laughs> that's correct. Listen, Tyler is going to keep a job, honey. Oh, Tyler going to keep it moving. I, keep I, it I, what do you think? I mean, what? How do you think? How do things differ? You tell me about this in in the acting space. Like, how do things differ between like Hollywood actors that are all SAG and all that? But I remember seeing a lot of actors who are not part of the union. Like, does that mean that all these underground productions or these non-union productions are going to suddenly get a lot of opportunity or it does it just mean the studios can't are, are just not allowed to touch any of that or how does that work yeah at this point um they cannot technically they're not supposed to so with them being shut down um sag shut down the wga nobody is moving productions like the bigger production companies have made decisions their ceos a lot of them have decided to just like um stand in solidarity with the actors and writers so it's a more of a personal choice Right. Um, but, you know, you you still have that decision. Nobody's going to come and beat down your door and say, are you writing a script right now? You know, nobody's going to do that. Right. You can mm. still move, but you can't do anything major at this moment. Mm, OK. All right. So um, everybody do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up. Share. Subscribe. I'm speaking to uh, Tierra K.J. Williams, a.k.a. Miss Black Hollywood. We're talking about the Hollywood writer strike and what's going to happen there. You can follow Tierra at Miss Black Hollywood. And those of you who were looking for me on Instagram, you're not going to find me at the Real Boyce Watkins anymore. Um, the Instagram police came and got me. So if you'd like to follow me on the gram, you can follow me at the Black Financial Channel. It don't, I don't even want to talk about it. It, it, it's too, it. it gets on my nerves too much. So you just keep on moving. You just deal with it and keep moving. So follow me at the Black Financial Channel. And also one thing you can do that's not Instagram dependent, this is really important for us to be disconnected from these uh, yeah. platforms, is uh, if you want me to send you Dr. Boyce profit alerts, I can send you stocks that I recommend each week. I recommended one this morning. Uh, just text the word stock to 31996. I'll also send you the $5 a day investing plan, uh, a training on how to make money without working and a list of AI stocks that will help you make money because a uh, Tierra AI is, is, is kind of the elephant in the room with all this. Um, have you had a chance, you know, I know you're a writer and I know that you are an artist to the extreme, yeah. but have you had a chance to kind of mess around with AI and just kind of see like, what kind of script can this thing write? Like, like, what do you, what do you, like, what were your thoughts when you kind of checked out what was going on with, with AI? Of course, I definitely have. I think that AI is, obviously the technology is very it's very new right at this moment especially for screenwriting um i thought that the screen <laughs> the things that it wrote were very surface level it was very um you know it's robotic it was it you know there wasn't um much subtext there wasn't a lot of there wasn't nothing was deep it was like uh, you know so i have played around with it but i think it's great for like ideas right i think it's a great idea generator voice you're killing me with this angle <laughs> um, focus girl focus focus it's a great idea generator um for you know for me if i if i choose to use it it's great for description if i don't if i'm like oh help me write some of the description it's like it's great for that but in terms of like dialogue and all of that you still want it to have a human touch Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read something to you. Um, did you hear what Disney CEO Bob Iger said about the strike? What did he, he said, say? Uh, he said that the writers and actors are not being realistic. He said it's oh. very disturbing. So here's let me read some of this to you. During an appearance on CNBC's Squawk Box on Thursday morning, Disney CEO Bob Iger said that the writers and actors unions going on strike in Hollywood are not being realistic with their expectations. Yep. 
Speaking to CNBC's David Faber from the Sun Valley Conference in Idaho, Iger commented on the ongoing Writers Guild of America strike and imminent decision for SAG AFTRA to join them. Quote, it's very disturbing to me. We've talked about disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges we're facing. The recovery from COVID, which is ongoing, it's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption, Iger said. I understand any labor organization's desire to work on behalf of its members to get the most compensation and be compensated fairly based on the value that they deliver. We managed as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the Directors Guild that reflects the value that the directors contribute to this great business. We wanted to do the same with the writers and we'd like to do the same with the actors. There's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. And they are adding to the set of challenges that this business is already facing that is, quite frankly, very disruptive. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Um, you know, it's a very different business than it was just 10 years ago. You know, with the Internet and with streaming and just all of these variables, it has really changed the game. Like you could literally work on a show um, and work on that show and and you know, rise in the ranks on that show and, you know, just have an experience and make a lot of money and be able to feed your family and get, you know, residuals from that show and just all of these things. Um, right now, I feel like those those things, all of the technology has kind of cut those things in half. They're not using as many people, um, but the, the still you still have the same workload um, that those small group of people, I, I think it's called a mini room, but like they have those small group of people that have to, um, that have to do all the work. So it's just, I don't think that the terms, I haven't seen the terms, obviously I haven't seen the contract, but I don't think it's too much to ask to want to kind of go back to the way things were or the way, you know, the business was built initially, or just try to find a new common ground. I, you know, they're just trying to find a new common ground that looks like something like it was before without just taking peanuts, you know? Mm. So so you think that they are, um, you think there's a chance that maybe they are being a little unrealistic or you think this, that's just studio blubber? They're just trying to negotiate and be, be the greedy bastards that they are. What do you think? I mean, I think that there is, like he was saying, they're trying to bounce back from COVID. Um, streaming is a thing. Um, you know, all of the, all of the things, right. Um, I'm sure I don't, I haven't seen the contract, so I don't know what they're asking for, but I'm almost certain that it's probably just protecting, um, writers and actors in a way that will still allow them to make money. Um, just the right way, just to still be compensated for their work, for their craft, for, you know, Mm, okay. Uh, you know, I just, yeah. I, I'd have to see the paperwork. I can't even, I, I, I have no idea. I don't want to say like, yeah, they being unrealistic. And then when I look at it, it's like, nah, give these people residuals, give them, you know, give them an opportunity to do what, you know, they need to do to earn their money. Well, you know, I, I, I think overall, let, let me say this. I, I'm going to give everybody a quick business lesson in case you're wondering how Hollywood makes its money. So uh, in order to answer this question, you know what I did? I asked ChatGPT to give me a bullet point breakdown <laughs> of how Hollywood makes its money. And um, and here's the first thing it said is box office revenue. Hollywood studios earn a significant portion of their revenue from box office ticket sales. We know this when a movie's released, 
a portion of the ticket price goes to the studio. Blockbuster movies with high ticket sales can generate substantial profits. International box office, we know about that. Hollywood movies have a global uh, market. And international box office ticket sales can be significant. Um, films released worldwide can earn substantial amounts for foreign markets, blah, blah, blah. Home entertainment. After the theatrical release, movies entered the home entertainment market where studios make money through various channels, DVD and Blu-ray sales, digital sales and rentals. Uh, with the rise of digital platforms like iTunes, Amazon Video and Google Play, studios make money by selling or renting movies digitally. Streaming and subscription services. Studios license their movies to streaming platforms like Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, Hulu, Disney Plus, etc., earning revenue through licensing fees or revenue sharing agreements. Pay-per-view and video on demand. Uh, also, they have merchandising and licensing. Successful movies often have a wide range of merchandise associated with them, such as toys, clothing, collectibles, video games, and more. Studios can earn revenue by licensing the intellectual property rights to third-party manufacturers who produce and sell these products. Ancillary markets. Hollywood studios also generate income from various ancillary markets related to the movie industry. Soundtracks. Movie soundtracks and original scores can be sold as albums or streamed. TV rights. Studios can sell the rights to air movies on television, cable networks, or syndication. Airlines, hotels, and cruise ships. Hollywood movies are often licensed for in-flight entertainment, hotel room rentals, and cruise ship screenings, allowing studios to earn additional revenue. Product placement and sponsorships. Studios earn uh, enter into agreements uh, with brands for product placements or sponsorship within movies. Uh, Co-productions and distribution deals. Hollywood studios often engage in co-production and distribution deals with other co production companies or studios. These partnerships involve sharing the costs and risks of producing a movie while also sharing in the revenue generated. Uh, syndication and reruns. Intellectual property franchises. The studio strategically develop intellectual property franchises with sequels, prequels, spinoffs, and reboots to extend the life of a successful movie or franchise. This allows them to generate continuous revenue from a popular brand or concept. Woo! And still, you have studios like Paramount that are losing money like crazy. Did you know Paramount lost a billion dollars last quarter? Did you know that? I didn't know it was a billion, but I know that they are definitely... I know that... I know that it's not back. It's not what it used to be. The business is not what it mm -hmm. used to be. Yeah, and um, and it's interesting to me. I'm looking at this from a as a as a finance professor. I see. Um, I never looked at entertainment from an entertainment standpoint or just a creative standpoint. I respect the creative process. I always looked at it from a business standpoint. I always thought about production, distribution, and monetization. And um, one of the things I noticed is that Hollywood studios were spending so much money up until about like 2021 or so it was insane how they were spending so much money and they would go in debt i still remember netflix was making two billion dollars a month off its subscriber base but they still went out and borrowed 14 billion dollars just to buy a lot of content yeah. right so when i'm thinking about this i'm thinking about all the money that you know is being spent on content which means all these content creators are just getting paid they're getting these massive hundred million dollar deals. I think Shonda Rhimes got a big deal, and and a lot of the I'm sure a lot of writers under her are you know we're getting paid well, and so it just kind of created this really unreasonable economic environment to some extent because what people also forgot or didn't notice is that a lot of these companies their stock prices crashed mm -hmm. when the Federal Reserve started increasing interest rates. These companies' stocks were in trouble, and they were getting heat from the shareholders. The shareholders are like. Come on, stop building your little Disneyland empires, you know, in terms of like just expanding like crazy and spending our money to do it. You need to cut your costs. 
So as a result, right now, Bob Iger at Disney is cutting billions of dollars in costs. A lot of people saw there was a big talk where ESPN, which is owned by Disney, fired so many people. They got rid of so many people. And at the same time, they were getting rid of like 15, 20 different personalities that were on the air. They, at the same time, made an $85 million investment to bring in this former football player named Pat something. And and the reason they brought him in was because he had this big-ass audience that he built on YouTube. That's what they were buying. So they didn't buy him as an employee. They didn't buy him for his talent. They didn't buy him for the creative process. They bought him because they were buying his audience, right? So so I kind of feel like the dynamics of the industry – have just changed you know disney disney shareholders flat out told them disney in fact disney had a loss of two million subscribers uh, last quarter because their shareholders said stop stop buying your subscribers stop bleeding money just so you can grow disney plus netflix their their shareholders said screw you and your dumbass business model you need to cut costs and stop paying so much for content paramount uh has it's fascinating paramount had this massive explosion of of um of of not memberships but subscriptions mm-hmm. because they had great shows like uh Yellowstone. Yeah. But what, what 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 was done and Wall Street Journal did a deep dive on this. They basically said Taylor Sheridan, who's like one of the biggest writers in, in the world right now, who has like a ton of shows with them, that he was robbing them blind. Mm-hmm. He was he was like he had like this dude had like five shows on Paramount and, and he's and he's and, and then on top of that he was going to these other farmers and saying these Hollywood people are stupid. These studios are crazy. They'll you can rent your horses. You can rent your you can rent. We rent my ranch to them for fifty thousand dollars a day. I, I flew in my friend from Texas to come and manage the horses. Like like they they were you know so they basically basically were critiquing and saying you're wasting all this money because you're letting Ter- Taylor Sheridan do whatever the hell he wants and and that's why you had this subscriber growth but you lost a billion dollars. So that's the backdrop. That's what the CEOs are dealing with. At the same time, they're dealing with writers who probably also became accustomed to a certain level of treatment. And then they're dealing with AI, which is AI is like, we can still do a pretty good job, but you ain't going to pay us nothing. That's a that's a tough one for them. That's a tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you you sacrifice quality. I'm sure that every writer has not had the experience of a Shonda Rhimes because I mean, you know, like not everybody is rolling in the dough. Let's not, everybody doesn't have that same story because you know what I mean? Like it's just not what it is. Um, people are very much going from show to show, working as writer assistants, uh, you know, they're staff writers, they're, you know, making a, a good amount of money, but like not enough to write home about like mama, I made it. So um, I think there's a difference between the people that are on the ground working and like an Oprah Winfrey type, like huge gap, right? So even Mm -hmm. if I work for OWN and I'm a writer there, it doesn't mean that I'm rolling like Oprah is rolling. Um, You know, I think that's the the thing. It is. It's like that's made it when you get to that space where you can call the shots like that. You can have a, a deal like Shonda Rhimes. Like that's made it for a writer. Otherwise, you just like everybody else, you just getting up and going to work every day and writing. So I don't that's why I don't know if the um, I don't know if I agree. I haven't seen the contract, but I don't feel like it's probably unrealistic. I feel like the, you know, the the um, the networks or the studios just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, by the way, everybody, if you're watching uh, this podcast, uh, you're listening to Tierra KJ Williams, 
aka Miss Black Hollywood. And we're talking about the Hollywood writer strike and what's going on out there in LA. And uh, if you could take one second, please, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, this is drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people, where we try to give you intelligent content and uh, deep dive discussions on important issues and how they affect our people. Because in, in, because that's the next topic. I want to talk about black people and the, the way Hollywood treats black people. And and um, we, I want you to really kind of let us know about that. Also, you can follow uh, Tierra at, at Miss Black Hollywood. I put her Instagram on the screen. I'm going to leave that on the screen. Uh, and also, don't forget, this podcast is on Spotify. And also, because I don't want to depend on a Hollywood to pay my bills, uh, we actually have our own independent Black Hollywood. We are making a movie that's coming out this summer called B1 The Movie. We're going to do the release in Atlanta uh, in August. Uh, and I think it's going to be at Atlanta's Black Wall Street. Rick Mathis, the director, is working on that right now. And we'd love to have you guys out there. Riza Islam, uh, he's agreed to come on out. So we're going to get this done. And we're developing and building our own. And what we wanted in this film was the people in our community that we see as our movie stars. And uh, Riza is in our space as big as Brad Pitt. He's the Brad Pitt of the Black conscious community. Because I know how, I'm telling you, Tierra, when Riza does something, he goes places and people are lined up out the door, down the block, around the corner. Like Riz is just, he's a, he's a, he's a superstar. He's a great guy. He's and some of the other, he's, other amazing. he's amazing. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, Dr. Claude Anderson's in the film. So, so many great people. So we're making our own movies. We're getting it done and uh, we ain't, we ain't striking. We, we, we moving forward. So, uh, so if you want to remain connected so that we can let you guys know when the film's going to be released, go ahead and text the word stock to three, one, nine, nine, six. I will send you guys a text message when, uh, when that comes out. And uh, I don't know why I disappeared, Tierra, but I'll figure out where I went and I'll, I'll bring myself back. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and just be the, the the voice of God in the back of the room. All right. Wow. So uh, anyway, um, so 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 let me ask you this. Let's talk about black folks and let's talk about how black people fit into all this. Right. Because sometimes when white people start fighting each other, we just kind of we're sitting on the side. We're like spect spectators or whatever. Um I don't feel that Hollywood respects black talent or gives black actors and actresses the opportunities that they deserve. I also don't think that black people get represented very well from Hollywood. So I'm I'm looking at a lot of intelligent black folks online that I respect who are basically saying, who gives a shit about Hollywood? Yeah. Screw them, you know, these racist SOBs. Uh, why shouldn't people feel that way? Um, well, I can't, I you know, that is a great question, boys, <laughs> mm -hmm. because it it is a catch-22, right? You do, I mean, I know specifically for me, I came to Hollywood um, wanting to work, and you are met with resistance. You, you don't earn, there are Black actresses and Black writers and Black directors who have to lift one another up, um, who have to bring each other on. Um, they are making tons of news, uh, movies without black people in them, as we know, or there's not black people on set or they're, you know, um, we're constantly fighting for diversity and inclusion. Um, you know, I think like anybody else, you want to be the person that comes to a space and infiltrate it for the better. You want to come and leave a legacy. Um, I know for me, I came here because I wanted to leave a legacy and make films that represented um, Black people in an amazing way. I wanted to contribute to the narrative. I wanted to be part of, you know, where you could look back and say, this was this was my stake in that thing. Um, 
and it is an uphill battle. You know, it, it there it's definitely it's a fight, right? Um, I don't think that actors and actresses and you know, especially black creatives are treated the way they should be, but they fight. Because if we don't and and we just say well, we're all gonna leave Hollywood and we're not gonna fight in this space, then it's just gonna remain, you know, it's a powerful tool. Like television and film is the most powerful thing. Like it could literally, I mean, me and boys talk about an empire of their own all the time where the, you know, where the Jews built Hollywood. We talk about that all the time. And the way that they were able to build it was through imaging, right? Because people weren't checking for Jewish people. When they started Hollywood, there was ways that they weren't, they were not celebrated <laughs> in the way that they are now, the Jewish community, you know, the way they saw themselves, the way other people saw them, they used film for that, right? So as a community, I feel like we can do the same thing. You know, we can, mm -hmm. we can really change um, the way people see us if we do it right. We can change the way people see us and change the way the world sees us through film and television. And that is mm. my Well, you know what? Um, <clears throat> I want to ask you all uh, in the chat, how many of you um, could care less if Hollywood burned down tomorrow? Give me a yes if you. I, I'd be curious to know. Like Seriously, I, 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 want to, I just want to lay that out there and air that out because I really want to see where people stand. How many of you are just kind of like, screw Hollywood. I, you know, I, I don't think we need it. If Hollywood disappeared tomorrow, then, you know, it would the world would be a better place. Um, I'm not saying I feel that way. If your TVs disappeared, everything on it disappeared. Wait, who voice? There's two voices. You gotta, you gotta. I'm messing with my technology. Okay, I cannot focus. But if if your TV disappeared tomorrow, and uh -huh. you could not watch TV, you could not get any. So you could not go to the movies. You could not see creatives. Let's just put it all out there. You could not see black creatives, artists do what they do. <laughs> I, I think I think we're still getting a lot of burn, baby, burn. Uh, WJ says burn, baby, burn. Y'all say um, that. I don't Chris, know. Chris, Chris said he'll bring the matches. Y'all um, don't feel that way. Chris, be quiet. Said, I don't give a damn. Lisa. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Love Moose says all the people in my house stream YouTube on their TVs. Um, it's a peachy trade says I do not like how black people are portrayed in Hollywood. Uh, let's see. It's kind of late because the movie industry era is almost running out. That that's a that's an interesting talking point. Uh, let's see. Trent Branch says, with all the platforms and technology available now, we have so many more tools. Uh, Lisa Parker says, I would not care. Uh, okay, so so okay. If the streaming services went away as well because you said if Hollywood mm. went away. Listen, Netflix counts. Paramount, mm. Disney Plus, okay. all of that counts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like y'all are capping right now. Y'all fronting. Y'all lying. You're lying. Just You're haters. You're lying. With your old hating asses. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to say this. I, I think, um, you know, I think that when you talk about the, the good fight, right? I, I talked about this today, actually. Um, I did a short little video about this topic where <clears throat> I said, you know, when people talk about fighting racism, right, what does that really mean? And and I, I, I the reason I said that is because I want people to take a step back. And I want you to think about when you're fighting for something, right? When you're fighting, uh, like if I fight with my girlfriend or my wife, for example, um, what am I fighting for? Okay, I'm fighting for my relationship, right? But what if, what if, what if it's a bad relationship? 
Like, what if it's an abusive relationship? What if I'm not being treated properly, not being respected? Um, she's disrespecting me at every turn. The question then becomes, should I really be fighting for that relationship or fight even engaging with her? Uh, and, and I think that there becomes this fundamental question of whether or not Hollywood even respects black people, which would say, should we even be engaging with people who don't respect us? You know, like, like I get it. You know, we make the good fight and we say, we're going to go in there. We're going to change these institutions. We're going to bang down the door. And maybe sometimes that does work. But then um, sometimes, you know, like Dr. King talked about integrating yourself into a burning house. Right. You know, like sometimes I can fight for a relationship with a woman and that woman might be the worst thing in the world for me. And uh, and, and I can just say as black people, I don't think we've been treated very well by white folks. And uh, Hollywood just pisses people off because sometimes the shit that comes out of there is just ridiculous. And you've seen that. You're, you're a black actress. You know what I'm talking about when they want you to play these racial stereotypes or uh, or you uh, have somebody that wants to help you in your career. And then one day he decides to pull his junk out and because he, he expects to be taken care of in a certain way. Right. You run into a Weinstein as opposed to an opportunity. I just really kind of debate that in my head. Like, is that even worth fighting for? Um, you know, maybe, maybe the best way to combat the system is to create a different system. Like, like, you know, like as much as we might critique Tyler Perry for, you know, all the Medea dresses he wore and cause Medea built that Medea built that whole studio brick by brick. She put on that Medea dress and, you know, she built the, everything that Tyler got, right. Let's just be clear. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, he's a guy that did things differently. He, uh, he has an independent black ownership sort of mindset. And it's almost like he seems to at least communicate on some level that he has this space where he's operating, where he doesn't have to live under the rules of Hollywood. He's able to kind of have a little bit of his own space. I don't know if, how independent it is. Like, I don't know all the deals, details of his deals, but it seems to me like Tyler Perry, that that model might be the best one for black people. What do you think? I mean, well, we're about to find out on Medea BET, my BET, my BET. We about to find out because Medea's about to baby. She about to be on VH. She's about to be at Viacom like hello. Like um I, I respect Tyler Perry. I think you know he has been he is a trailblazer, he is an ideal situation for us. Um, he is right. Do I love all of what I see coming out of his studio. Um, no, I don't. Nobody, none, of, none of us do. But he has an audience and, and, and mm -hmm. what, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes I feel like with situations like that, um, you want to produce quality content. I know for me personally, like when I start working in television and start working on um, some of the bigger shows and working in reality and all of that, um, I wanted to work on shows that were, um, weren't like the Chitlin circuit. I mean, not saying that, I mean, obviously Chitlin circuit becomes Tyler Perry. So I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I did want an experience where, you know, every, the person that was directing wasn't also the person in front of the camera, which also wasn't the caterer on the side. Like I wanted a full experience, um, and unfortunately, I'm not saying that black people don't support black people. I'm not saying that because Tyler Perry is obviously like it shows that black people can support each other. But um, the other black creatives that have gone off and tried to do 
Tyler Perry formulated kind of things have not been as successful because people won't come out and support. They would rather go see um, a Disney movie or, you know, mm. just kind of wave it off. So we run to where the money is. Or if if a black um, company comes to me and says, hey, can you write something? Somebody came to me not too long ago and was like, hey, listen, can you write something for me? I'll pay you $5,000, right? Um, if I could take that same screenplay and sell it to Hollywood for $200,000, right? I'm not... I'm not saying I'm you know what I mean? Like you you be we go after the bit where the money is, <laughs> you know, while mm-hmm. also trying to make an impact. So I think that's just the harder part. It's harder to build. It's harder to build when um everyone isn't on the same page. Everyone isn't thinking like we need to support Miss Black Hollywood because she could be our next Tyler Perry. People kind of wave you off, like they wave you off, mm-hmm. they don't come to your shows. I mean, we produce stage plays. And had 15 people in the audience, but we still gave them, you know, like we tried all the things over the years. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so everybody doesn't become Tyler Perry is all I'm saying. So, Well, you know what? And I, I do agree with that. Right. I mean, you know, if, if you watch things, I, I know I know that one 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 issue Alicia has with shows like Meet the Browns and stuff like that is let's just be quite honest. They lean heavily on these highly dysfunctional stereotypes of black people i mean stuff where you're like oh lord jesus are are you serious right now and you know and and in defense of tyler you know tyler makes the argument that these are the people he grew up with these these are the types of characters that he saw as a kid i get that but it's like come on man you know your whole your whole, whole life your whole life wasn't you know sort of you know filled with cartoon characters like i mean you know there's you you've got to let black people have their humanity back and um, you know, and I and I say that with with trepidation, not even trepidation, hesitation, because when I did meet, you know, that I met Tyler, and he yeah. when he when he called me, and 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 he was so nice, yeah. and and when I, I went to his studio, and I was so inspired by his yeah. commitment to uh, to great black artists of the past, like like this guy was just what the doctor ordered in terms of like reaching out and elevating careers of people like Cicely Tyson and others. And showing them that respect. And then he also did a great job of mending relationships with people like Spike Lee. I remember Spike in being invited to his opening of his studio. And yeah. I thought that was just, that tells me he's a guy with a good soul, right? And I, I I respect that immensely. So I don't think, I think we can be honest in our critique without necessarily just being harsh about it, right? Yeah. At, least I, at least I don't feel compelled to do that. Um, you know, but I do think at the same time, you have to ask yourself, you know, why Why would the, the, the Tyler Perry stuff kind of rise, you know, in our community? It's one thing if, if, if it's what white folks are doing, right? It's another thing if that's what we're doing, um, you know, and, and why we won't sort of support those other people that are doing something different from a Tyler Perry and reflecting blackness and all of our humanity and all of our complexity. At the same time, the onus is also on the creator to be able to structure the proper business model that really fits their audience. As much as we give Tyler some degree of credit for his creative ability, right? He, he, you know, he's he goes in the writers' room and does whatever. But honestly, he does it in a way that some people consider to be janky. Like he'll he'll make episodes much faster than most people. Uh, he pays a lot less. He he'll go in the writers' room and come out and be playing eight characters, right? Just stuff that's just like very taboo. And uh, and when we he and I he and I actually talked about that. He said I never went to film school. 
And I said, that's probably your greatest strength because yeah. you're, you're not constrained by the procedure of how things are supposed to be done. Yeah. Tyler's genius is that Tyler knows how to break the rules when they can be broken and still achieve the damn goal. You know, yeah. he's like, um, if, if anybody who watches football, if you ever watch Patrick Mahomes play at quarterback of the Chiefs, the reason he's a great quarterback is because he can do things that other quarterbacks can't do and things that other quarterbacks aren't supposed to do. He can twist it. He can run this way, twist his body that way, and then flip the ball this way, like do this weird stuff. And people are like, you're not supposed to do that. That's not what a quarterback does. But that's what makes him hard to stop because he find, he can solve a problem that way. So with Tyler – I, that's what I see. I see him as a guy that's like more of a businessman than he is a creator. Yeah. Right. He understands. He said, OK, this is my demographic. This is what they want. Mm -hmm. I keep feeding them with a big dose of Medea up in the middle. Yeah. Medea is my billion dollar cash cow. Medea is he's Walt Disney. Medea is his Mickey Mouse. Indeed. She's went to prison. She's went to uh Medea done did it all. Medea has gone right to the funeral. She did and then and then and then at some point he was double dipping. Like, so you would go to the play, and then let me tell you, y'all. I gotta tell y'all this real quick. I went to a Tyler Perry premiere. Um, it was a play, of, it was a play, and um, it was a long time ago, but the play was the play right but it wasn't about the play at all what i realized is that he was sending troops out on the road like these shows out on the road and then at the end this like it would unveil this trailer of the same damn movie you just watched but angela bassett is playing the lead and then the trailers were really good so you, you know i was in the bathroom after we watched the same play Went in the bathroom, the girl was like, Oh, I can't wait till the movie come out. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, I encourage people as much as you know, I, I encourage everybody in here, especially those of y'all that have creative gifts. You know, as before you just hate on Tyler Perry, I need y'all to go study him. Yeah. You know, like like really study why this man is able to be successful at the level that he is. And it ain't because he just got lucky or because he's just cooning out. It, a lot of it is also because he understands how to build an audience and how to give that audience what they want. Yeah. They want Medea. He gives them Medea. And then he mixes in a little bit of family stuff, a little bit of a, a church stuff. Uh, he, he, he'll cater to black women yeah. because black women between, like, say, 32 and 45 are the most loyal, most intelligent audience uh, out there that has the most disposable income. Yeah. So effectively they will come, if they like you, they will come see every single one of your movies and buy every single one of your products. They so uh, anybody, you know, who is a creative that's trying to sort of succeed in that space, I encourage you to take some time and understand business. In fact, I'm going to go to LA and, and you should come with me to, to the event in LA. Um, I'm going to talk about that. <clears throat> you know, I really think that all those super talented black people, that are in LA trying to figure out the next move. Your next move while this strike is going on should be to go to business school a little bit. You know, maybe join us in the black business school. You can get started for free and just hang out with us. And I and I think I could actually explain a lot of this to you so you can figure out where the money resides. So you're not, you know, stuck in this weird purgatory where you're you're undervalued, underappreciated, not getting what you deserve 
because I because I see it. I when I Tierra, when I would go to L.A., I remember thinking, wow, these 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 people that are here, they're in an overcrowded space. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like if I'm at a convention, I have a Ph.D. in finance. Right. But if I'm at a convention with Ph.D.s, it gets weird. It feels like everybody has a Ph.D. and having a Ph.D. is no longer a big deal. Yeah. You know, or if I'm an NBA player and I'm six foot seven and I'm around a bunch of other tall guys, I think everybody's six foot eight and above. You know what I mean? You know, and so you have to go into the real world to realize how unique you are. So, you know, when I would see how talented and how smart some of these actors and actresses were, they were harder than me. I was like, oh, if you just took that same energy that you put into preparing to do that script for those people or whatever and applied that to running your own business out in Connecticut some damn where. Yeah. You could you could kill the kill the game and make far more money and have far more opportunities. Uh, so you know, I, I I think so. Tierra, what do you think about that? I mean, do you think that maybe this is the call? I I do. Th- what do you think about this? I I want to call on black actors, actresses, writers, and directors to yeah. study business as much as you study these other things, and then also, or if you have a group, if you have a group of talented people and you make projects together, in that group. Don't just have your writers and your actors and your directors bring in a marketing person, you know, bring in a business management kind of person, somebody that can help take this amazing thing you create and put it in a space where it can be monetized and allow you to make money. What do you think about that? I agree. I think, you know, um, I have a, you know, a production company called the Bro Network, and I think we've had to pivot so many times you know i think just being flexible and i'm just talking to creatives right or just speaking in general um we've had to pivot many times where it was just like we couldn't lean so much on this and i understood that okay you can create content but sometimes you can go outside of hollywood and create workshops um we you know a couple years ago i created um well, it's about seven years now. I created a workshop called Create Hollywood Where You Are. And so I used to travel around. I've been to Toronto and Atlanta and I went to Miami and Minneapolis and all these places. And I had these workshops. And then we did. Um, and then uh, at some point, people were like, hey, you write. Can you write um, my book? And so I ghost wrote for a little while. And then, you know, like so it just really depends on I think the you can definitely make money right outside of whatever it is that you are doing creative whatever it is that you are doing outside of hollywood if you're just a little creative you can really figure out how to make that work for you you can you know figure out how to make that talent mainstream and like you said help people outside of hollywood because people are enamored by this place and they want to be part of it and they want to feel like they're connected to you know to people in this business so mm-hmm. well you know i i think i think that that is um yeah i think that's the play if i if i was you know i i don't know i think regular people are really intrigued with hollywood like i think the power of hollywood is that it's seen as this magical place mm-hmm. you know where these amazing things happen people get on this big screen and suddenly they become superhuman you know in our minds and um and i think that that can be created in other spaces that aren't so crowded you know and that aren't so racist you know, um, uh, there really is a glass ceiling. Ain't never been no affirmative action program in Hollywood. You know, these studios, they they just, you know, and, and, and the crazy thing is that some of the black people that end up getting these opportunities, they get they get them because sometimes they get them because they're talented, but sometimes they get them because they, they were willing to do stuff other people wouldn't do. That's you right. know, they were willing to you know get on the casting couch or they were willing to coon out, 
you know, to get a role, right? And um, and I and so what unfortunately occurs is that we think that these are our most talented heroes in our community, when actually some of them are the biggest degenerates in our community, and yeah. we end up looking up to a complete degenerate, you know. And then we wonder what's wrong with our community. Well, because the the Jewish community is very smart, they realize how powerful media is in shaping the way you view a group of people. You know, they saw yeah. this with the way Hitler used media to paint them in a certain way. And I think we get painted the same way. So ultimately, as black people, I think we have to uh, take control of some aspect of our own media. Um, I pretty much tell the black folks that are here, you know, identify black owned media that you can connect to and support. Like there's Quayle TV, K-W-E-L-I, Quayle TV. I don't get to talk about it much, but I met the young lady that started Quayle TV. Tierra and she literally has. I mean, they got they got thousands of movies on Quayle TV. Good black movies. Mm -hmm. uh, we we put some of our films on there. Uh, I forgot which ones we put on there. Uh, Resurrecting Black Wall Street, uh, Democracy, a Black American Horror Story. We put that there and a few others. And these films, like she was really sending us like royalty checks, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, she does a great revenue share program. And I encourage everybody to look that up. K W E L I. Um, I've been a subscriber for years, and I I just want people i think people should know how much talent we have in our community what we don't the only thing we don't have is we don't have the big marketing dollars and we don't have the distribution yeah but but the talent we we kill it on talent black we people we're the most talented people on the freaking planet give me a yes in the chat if y'all agree Hands just, down right just call right yeah we we are so amazing so extraordinary and so if we get a business acumen that matches our talent level we won't be able to be stopped we will literally like murder the game so um so before i let you get the last word tiara i want to tell everybody you're watching drboystv.com the home for intelligent black people and we're building our own independent black media so if you could hit that thumbs up button that helps us in the algorithm if you could also make sure you subscribe hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live because uh, sometimes I talk extra black and that's how you get shadow banned. That's why a lot of y'all don't even know when I go live. So make sure you hit the notification bell. All <laughs> podcasts can be found, found on Spotify if you look up my name. And I want to give a shout out to uh, one of our sponsors also, Dr. Q's Fresh Breath Club .com. Dr. Q's Fresh Breath Club is run by a black dentist who is a really cool brother who's super smart who cares about the community. And he has things like, like bamboo toothbrushes and charcoal toothpaste and things like that. He also has an affiliate program. So if you got friends that like to brush their teeth uh, or don't want to have stinky breath, then you can actually sell his products instead of selling Colgate and Crest and all that. You can sell his products to your friends and you get a cut of whatever you sell. So that allows you to make money and put money in your pocket. So uh, you can visit drqsfreshbreathclub.com if you'd like to support this black owned business. All right. So Tierra. Uh, tell me what what's the next move? Like what's what's happening, you know, in terms of like, like that's got to be crazy when like you're in Hollywood and you moved to Hollywood to be a part of Hollywood, but Hollywood has shut down. That's got to be scary for you. How does that feel? Absolutely, it's definitely scary. Sorry, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's it's ready. Go ahead. Dinner's <laughs> ready. Um, it's it's definitely um it's definitely scary, especially since. You know, we had different things on the table. Um, you know, there's different things happening, obviously, in my life that now we, I'm not really sure kind of how things are going to pan out. So I think every time something happens, you know, to this magnitude, you know, because in Hollywood anyway, you're used to riding the wave, the ups and downs, um, the ebb and flow. 
uh, you know, you just got to get creative in between. And if you're smart, then you've structured situations that can carry you through the droughts in between the roles, in between the screenplay sales, in between all of that. So for me, I um, I want to, uh, I, I'm a singer. And so I have been um, just setting my sights a little bit more on creating content and um, just kind of moving in another direction for me personally. I mean, you know, creating content in a different way, um, you know, going towards the internet and, you know, maybe doing that, um, you know, just trying to build something online as opposed to just wanting to, you know, stay here in Hollywood. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, yeah, I, I think the interesting thing about Hollywood is I think we got to be careful about sort of, you know, having these dreams that are managed and controlled by white people, you know, like where they become the gatekeepers. You know, you saw Ice Cube. He's kind of, you know, he's on this tour where he's rampaging against the gatekeepers. And and I like Ice Cube. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in L.A., I'd, I'd text him and, and, he, you know, we, we talked a little bit. And, um, you know, and so I, I support him 100%. But but I did talk about gatekeepers for an hour and a half yesterday on DrBoysTV.com. I, I broke down what does that really mean when you say you're fighting the gatekeepers? Like, what does that really look like? And who are the gatekeepers? And what's behind that gate that you feel that you have to get? Like, is there is there not another gate you could go through that isn't that doesn't have gatekeepers? You know, I, I said so I compared it to like. Um, a man chasing a woman, you know, and I, I remember early, I kind of gave a similar analogy that, you know, if you're chasing a woman and she's really playing hard to get and really hard to obtain and she's in and, and then in addition to that, she's very toxic. You know, like there's literally a book out there called Men Love Bitches. And it's a, a woman who basically is telling other women that if you are too nice, men won't like you. If you are kind of mean and cold and distant, they're going to really work hard to chase you. Well, that's that's a that's a mind trick that works very well on stupid little boys. Um, I don't think that works on grown ass men I, I, who know their value. I really don't, because if it's too hard to get you to respect me, to love me, to treat me with decency, I'm not going to pursue you. I'm just not going to. You know, I want to be loved. I want to be appreciated. So, uh, the, again, if you go back to the toxic relationship between us and white people, um, I wonder why we are. You know, we kind of we kind of act like Jennifer Hudson did in Dreamgirls. Remember? No, 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 no way. <laughs> without you, uh-huh. I'm staying. I'm staying. <laughs> I wanna be free. Uh-huh. That's what we do. Like we literally are like, you gonna love me, and I'm gonna march and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna protest in front of your building until you let me in because I deserve to be in. And, and it looks pathetic. It looks obsessive it looks desperate uh it's it's not healthy it's a mental illness i don't know does anybody else see what i see because so so i just kind of think you know again i'm not talking about cube in this way i'm not saying i think that what what i get what i believe with ice cube honestly is that he has the big three league he's not getting the support from the nba that he deserves and that's what it's all about i i didn't get a sense that it was about what he was doing with black people. Cause I, I saw a whole interview he did with Joe Rogan. I didn't hear any mention of the contract with black America. I just yeah. heard about the big three and they talked a little bit about the pandemic, you know, things like that. Um, you know, so I get it. It's, it's about that money. The white man's always got this little something, something in his pocket. And like you talked about that earlier, we go for the money, right? 
So I, I really want people to understand the logic here when I make this point. As long as you're chasing the highest bidder, you're always inherently going to be a white supremacist. As long as you're chasing the money, you're always going to be a white supremacist. Why? Well, because the white who has more money than anybody on this earth, the white man, he's got more money than you will than we'll ever have. You know, and, and he can print money. He can go print the shit. You know, that's what he did during the pandemic. They said we need an extra trillion dollars. Turn the printing press on, Bob. That's what they did. That's what they they have the ability to do that. Right. Yeah. So so you got to be real careful when you say. I'm gonna go for the money no matter what. I'm not I'm not worried about whether you white or black. I'm going for the person with the most money. Well, if white people have the most money, then you're pretty much going for the white guy. That's just what happens, right? It's like um it's like if I'm playing basketball and I just say, you know, um, I don't care what you know, I, I don't care what race you are or whatever, as long as you I, I just want the tallest players out there. Well, you know, that means that that the thing that you're pursuing it's going to create other biases that you might not anticipate, right? So so what I mean by that is that with Black people, one area where I don't think we see our worth is when we just say that all that matters is how much money you're going to pay me, what you're doing is you're neglecting the fact that you should have in your possession something that money can't buy. You know, like you should have something in your possession that that where the white man can't just write a check and come get it. Like he can't just come you know, he can't just come and identify your most talented people and just buy them off, right? Like, they can't buy me off. I think I'm one of the smartest, most capable finance professors on the freaking planet. Mm-hmm. You can't write a check big enough to get me to walk away from this. They can't. The, Dr. Watkins, would it cost us a billion dollars to get you to sell out? Well, no, you're not. You write, You can write the check, but it ain't going to, it has no value here. Your money has no value here. And that's one way I keep a leg up on them. I say, I got a secret sauce. In, in my space and in my spirit that you'll never understand. You know, I'll, I want to be the guy that, that you cannot buy, right? And uh, and so so I think that with our healthy uh, attraction to money, we cannot make that attraction turn into an obsession. We cannot let that uh, attraction turn into an addiction. It can't become this thing where money ends up trumping every single thing, including our integrity, because then you end up in a very bad place. So you end up with a whole bunch of money in your pocket but you don't gave up everything else that matters. It's no different from somebody who says, I want to make money so much that I'm going to ignore my wife, ignore my kids, ignore my health, ignore my relationships. I'm going to do terrible things to people and basically make a deal with the devil. So the devil says, here's your money. And then you look around and your life is a complete pile of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone hates you. You've got all these, this bad karma. Your, your soul is toxic. You know, and, and there's there's actually movies about that. I, t- I told you about Dorian Gray. I know I told you the Dorian Gray story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, every, everybody should watch Dorian Gray. Everybody should watch that movie Dorian Gray because that's all it's about. It's about making a deal with the devil. You're getting everything that you think you want, and then you realize that the cost is a little bit too high. And I think black people go through that. I really do. That's how, that's why you get these millionaires that want to kill themselves or whatever. They become drug addicts and whatever. I mean, think about that. Whitney Houston lived the dream, but she died, you know, in a bathtub. Yeah. You know, uh, DMX lived the dream, but he died at, what, 45 years old? Uh, R. Kelly lived the dream, but he made a deal with the devil, and now he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah. I can keep going. Yeah. You know, we could, we could theoretically talk about Michael Jackson. We could talk about Prince. We could talk about a lot of really talented black people who died young, lost their minds, end up in terrible situations, but they got all the money, all the bread. Mm-hmm. So money can't be everything. It can't be. It can't be everything. Um but I think that there's something to be said about someone who wants to just work 
and not have to always, I, I think for me, it's like as an artist or as a creative, um, sometimes it is tiring to go out and kill, have to kill everything you eat. And so it, it, sometimes that can be tiring. Sometimes, especially when you have other things that are happening in your life, um, you know, taking a, a job or wanting to work in an industry and just work from nine to five or just whatever your deal is, right? I just feel like sometimes people don't always want to do that. They don't want to kill everything that they eat. So they, 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 they're, you know, they might be enticed to buy, you know, a little bit of money. Like, you know, like they, if somebody comes to me and say, Hey, I'm not, now I'm not getting on a casting couch. There are things that I just have not given into, but I'm saying, um, I'm not saying I'm ever going to sell my soul. I'm just saying that if someone wants to come, if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, and they're white and they say, Hey, do you want to, write the script so I you know and sell it I'm not gonna be like no you know like I'm not I'm not gonna say no I'm gonna write it and then I'm gonna give it to them and then I'm gonna go about my business you know what I mean so I just mm-hmm. it just really just depends but equally I'll do that for black people I just I just see it as a means to use your creativity like it doesn't have to be always so extreme to me well, in my, in my well, I think the key the key word here is balance. That's it. Yeah. Just be balanced and and just make sure that what you know as you pursue all these dreams and and these extremes in life, just make sure that you always know you're always centered in terms of who you are and what what matters to you. And it's got to be something bigger than the money. And I because I, I I could talk to you guys about money all day. And one of the things I I think uh, money should come with like a safety warning, like some you know like like a drug, you know you don't use this if you use this in excess you know bad things can happen or you know when i fly airplanes you know the biggest thing we study is how to be safe in the airplane and then once you figure out how to be safe you find out that the airplane can take you places that you've never been before and very quickly and it's it's a very powerful feeling but if you get up there and you get all sloppy with it next thing you know people are going to your funeral so um so just be safe with it that's it just proceed with caution that's what i say to all black people as you get on that paper chase all right guys so uh it is time for us to go ahead and shut it down we've been uh, talking for an hour and a half i think it was a good conversation uh, i hope that you guys appreciate it i hope that this was uh you know something that you benefited from uh my name is dr boyce watkins and this is tiara kj williams aka miss black hollywood you can follow her on instagram at miss black hollywood you can follow me on Instagram at the Black Financial Channel. Uh, that is my new Instagram page. Make comments in there because I want to know that you guys see me. So if you see it, just hit the like button or say something in there because uh, I want to try to stimulate some good conversation there. I want to make it into a good, intelligent spot uh, for smart black people. Also, uh, another way to stay connected and also receive a copy of the $5 day investing plan is to text the word stock to 31996. Text stock to 31996. Uh, so those of you that are on Spotify, uh, you can hear this. And uh, my, my name is Boyce Watkins. So you can look my name up on Spotify. And also, if you want my Twitter, it's Dr. Boyce Watkins one. I have to give out my social media handles because uh, we're, we're making that adjustment now. So I want to appreciate I want to say I appreciate everybody for hanging out. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out of here and we will see you soon. So God bless you guys. Talk to you later. Peace. Bye.